Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever and whenever you happen to be listening to the sound of my voice. And how are you, my survival technician? I hope you're having a marvelous day. No matter what's befalling you, you have done everything you can in life to get to this point and survived so far, so you're doing fine. Today, we're going to go into a dive on preparedness in a way that <clears throat> not a lot of people ever actually uh, think about prepping and survival. Here on Preppers and Makers, we like to go into things that are uh, newer, I guess you could say, and more uh, specific to our modern technological age. We have a lot of folks who know how to deal with anything when the technological age uh, hits the fan or ends. You know how to start fire with two rocks, two sticks, um, ferrocerium rods, uh, fire cylinder, uh, a big lighter, you know, let's just break it down to the point. Uh, why don't you have a big lighter with you? You know, so all of these things are, are very common and very known, but have you ever thought about resourcing? If you're going to prep, that means that right now you're going to be preparing for those times when things, uh, aren't as easy to acquire. And if they're easy to acquire now, but expensive, you have to find a way to overcome that. Right now, we're in a bit of a time where ammunition is a little bit expensive. Variety of reasons. I love when everybody says, oh no, they're going to take our ammunition, and there's going to be a shortage. Quick, we must all go buy it. And then everybody lines up, buys it off the shelves, and guess what? Yeah, there's an ammunition shortage. So, you know... I, Everybody buys into their own political viewpoints on this and their paranoia viewpoints. But if you look at the facts and what actually happens, I don't care what starts it. And maybe they are going to try to do this and maybe they are going to do that. But to this day, I can still legally go get every piece of ammunition I need. But because of everybody else wanting to hoard it, it's more expensive for me. So the question is, how am I going to afford this? Maybe you want to get the the mountain house freeze-dried food for two years that gets kind of expensive uh how are you gonna afford that so <clears throat> in the uh the the vein of preparing right now before things have hit the fan and when things are available does your job allow you extra money to actually acquire these things and if it does hey great you're ahead of the curve but some of us have jobs that barely pay our bills. Now, I'm an engineer, so I have college educational bills that are going to go way after I'm in the ground. It's just a fact of life that my uh, paycheck is already eaten up by a variety of things. And almost everybody in America is that way, and that number is getting bigger every day because of the economic state of our nation and how things are unbalanced toward the poor. That's a whole different conversation. But if you are the poor, like I, I am, I'm the poor. Uh, by the way, I have a Patreon link if you want to, you know, have a discussion about that that's meaningful. <laughs> the uh, uh, thing that we're going to talk about today is other ways to deal with being poor. Not being able to have the resources to prepare. Get money to buy ammo. Buy your freeze-dried foods. Uh, get your uh, solar grid up. Uh, these things all cost money or resources if you're going to barter, if you're going to trade. Uh, so today, we're going to start with old school side hustles. Now, the, the side hustle thing is a is a modern term, but extra sources of income 
have always been used by people. Very few people have one source of income, and that's the only thing they have. Those people are kind of handicapped. So, under the category of old school uh, sources of income, what can you do? What can you make? What can you grow? Now, if you're a prepper, you should have a garden. And once you've put back all the stuff that you need, then you usually have extra if you're good at gardening, if you've actually made this work. So, go down to the farmer's market. Sell it. Trade it to people who are going to the farmer's market. Uh, trade your neighbors for resources. You know, barter is as good as money. Money is a concept. Money is a piece of paper that says we have agreed that I have this much value now. I have worked and I have a, a certificate in hand, this dollar bill, that says I have the value of a dollar. Now I can give that to you for something you devalue at a dollar. So it's the same thing as, you know, I have a chicken and you need a chicken, and I need uh, blacksmithing done for my horseshoes, and I trade you eggs for your blacksmithing work. It's barter. You need something, I need something, we trade. Money's the same way. <clears throat> so, we're talking about a lot of sources and ways to get it. If you can make something that can be sold at a place, farmer's markets, things like that, are excellent resources to get real good product. And a lot of the time, it's not as cheap as the uh, as the supermarkets because it's not mass-produced, but it is wholesome. And if you... Uh, okay, now, that, that, let me put a caveat on there. I can't say that everything at every farmer's market is wholesome. That would be a ridiculous statement. Blanket statements like always, never, everywhere, nowhere are really useless when you're really talking about facts. <clears throat> so I'm not going to make that a blanket statement. But if you go to the farmer's market, you can find people with fresh vegetables and produce of all sorts, eggs, meat. At our local far farmer's market that I pass on the way to work every day, there is, actually it's two days a week, but is I pass the place every day. They have someone who comes with grass-finished beef. Um there's grass-fed and grass-finished, and he's very specific about that, but he brings a trailer with a generator and a freezer of butchered meat from grass-finished beef. So if that's what you're into, you can get it right there, and uh, he's got some good product. But always investigate whatever you're doing. Bartering with your neighbors? Find out. Well, are these eggs that have been freshly laid, have they been refrigerated? How old are they? And the same thing in a farmer's market. So, you know, common sense. And sometimes selling is a better thing than buying because if you're just looking at baseline resources, it may be cheaper to go to supermarket, to Walmart, to different places like that. But there's the trade-off for quality versus money. So we're talking about money. And this is how to make money, not save money at this moment. So to make money, you take stuff to farmer's markets. There's also craft fairs. Now, at farmer's markets and craft fairs, one thing that I've done before is I've used uh, essential oils and uh, soap-making skills, and I've taken soaps and oils and balms and things of that nature and uh, had a pretty good supportive audience. And making those things means that you're able to make your own resources and you can share them and sell them to others also. Uh, Handcrafted soaps with varieties of scents and um, different uh, essential oils and things of that nature, really a good selling item. 
So farmers markets, craft fairs, great place for that. Now let's say that you have things. You collected stuff. <clears throat> Maybe you uh, you hit the Goodwill store. Um, the you you found great deals. Maybe it was the outlet store. Maybe you went to an auction, an estate sale. Somehow you have a truckload of crap. You know, I remember George Carlin's old skit that where he pointed out the phrase that other people's stuff is crap. Your crap is stuff. So, you know, it's about value. If you find stuff in that pickup load of crap that other people think is stuff worthwhile, you can sell it. And that can go from sw swap meets and craft fairs, not so much farmer's markets, but you can also include trading with your neighbors with resources that work. Um, maybe you have a skill set. I have electronic skill sets. So if I go to uh, an auction and I find something that is electronic but it doesn't work, uh, all the way down to it from a toaster to a computer, and I can get that for a very cheap price because it doesn't work, bring it home use my skills, bring it back to working shape. Now I have increased its value and I can trade that to my neighbors for resources. I can take it to swap meets. I can resell it uh, digitally, which we'll talk about here in a minute. So <clears throat> going into digital sales and ways to make money, there's the old school, which is kind of like an electronic version of what we've just talked about already. You know, the farmer's markets, craft fairs, swap meets, neighbors trading, now that's moved into places like Craigslist to resell things, offer up uh, Facebook Marketplace, and if you're going to be a regular seller, maybe even eBay. If you go to um, estate, estate sales and family auctions and big yard sales and that sort of stuff on a regular basis, you may have an ongoing stock of things where you can create an eBay store and actually continually make money. But even if you sell one thing at a time, eBay is still a legitimate place to sell. They have not been as friendly toward the sellers as they have been toward the buyers in the last decade or so. But <clears throat> that's where you have Facebook Marketplace to kind of take that up. And Facebook Marketplace is handy because you have a higher percentage of people that are close, know you, trust you because they uh, can look you up online and see you're a local person. And you don't have shipping as much if you have the ability to have them either pick it up or they're close enough you can drop it off. So that's an electronic version of everything we've talked about. Now, <clears throat> the next section we're going to talk about kind of extends into developing some new skill sets and a little bit better online usage of your time. So we're going to talk about some mainstream digital things. The first thing that I want to talk about is Amazon resellers. And there are a couple of states where you can't be an Amazon reseller because the states haven't agreed to the taxing structure like the rest of the world has. And they want to uh, squeeze extra money out of their citizens. Those that don't do that and allow you within no problem at all to be an Amazon reseller... <coughs> Uh, give you an opportunity to go to uh, old bookstores. And you'll find bookstores in strange places. And look through, looking through used books as an Amazon reseller, you can get an app where you can scan the book, find out what it's going for now online, and then 
pick up the book for the, the, the 25 cents, the dollar, the $3, whatever it is, and come back onto Amazon and sell it for the $6, the $10, depending on what it is. Some things aren't worth more than a dollar, but some things are accidentally ignored, overlooked, whatever, and get into bookstores that don't know and follow the markets well enough to realize that of these tens of thousands of books, these three that you walked onto today aren't worth the 25 cents that they're selling them for. They're worth 20 bucks. And that's a great thing. You can turn that around, sell it on Amazon. You can sell a variety of things on Amazon. So I'm not going to really even really go into all of that. You go, go find out what you can sell on Amazon. So affiliate marketing is the next subject I want to talk about. Affiliate marketing means that you're doing the work to sell somebody else's stuff. Normally, we think of uh, digital things like um, a class on uh, programming. And if this person has a coding class that they're selling online, it's available digitally and they have a website. But they want other people to sell it too so they get a larger footprint. They will give you an affiliate link and you can go create your own website or funnel or find a way using social media to bring them in and bring them to your landing page where they go there uh, and buy that course or whatever is being sold. And since they came from you, they come with a code in, embedded or attached to that link. And when they, the sale is made, you make a certain percent. Maybe it's a, uh, a $40 course and you make 10 bucks for bringing them there. So imagine if you can reach tens of thousands of people and a small percentage of that actually looks at it. Now you have had people look at it and you've got maybe thousands of people and a small percentage of that buy it. Maybe you've got hundreds of people. Wouldn't it be great to do fairly minimal online work and have hundreds of people hand you $10? I, I feel good about that. So none of these are going to be making you Jeff Bezos rich. What we're talking about is extra sources of income. Now, if every week 200 people handed me $10, that's a lot of ammo and freeze-dried food. Or in my case, it's a lot of bills paid so I can have the comfort zone to work less at my mind-grinding job to get the money for ammo and freeze-dried food. So there you go. Um, online courses themselves, which we mentioned, people reselling, aren't just limited to certain people. You can create an online course and have other people sell it. Everybody knows how to do something. Do you know how to knit or crochet? Do you know how to make soap? Like I said, I, did, I had done it in the past. Do you know how to garden? Do you know and understand how to uh, create something like a small piece of art. Maybe you know how to paint. In this day and age, you can create video classes of how to do that and sell them on places like udemy.com. And there are other sites like Teachable and things like that where you can take your skills and you can give them to others. You can teach them and sell the course. And you can create affiliate links and have others sell the course. So here you're getting deeper into this and creating more ownership for yourself of this product now to advertise these things there's a lot of other ways to do this and there's a great way to create a presence now right now you're listening to me 
And that means that I have successfully reached your ears. I'm talking about skills and something that you're interested in and something that you can learn to do to help yourself. Yes, I'm selling something. I'm selling your betterment. Now, do I want to monetize my podcast? Yes. Do I want to be able to afford to do this and be paid for my time instead of doing it free? Yes. Now, that takes time. If you're building a podcast or a YouTube channel, it takes engagement, and it takes a building of an audience. But once you get there, there are cases of people making this their entire lives work and being very wealthy at it. Um, you know, the average is lower than that. There are examples of absolute phenomenal growth and, and wealth. And there's examples of folks doing okay and having like a good second income or third income or fourth. The point is, how many incomes do you have time to create? How many streams of revenue can you bring in to give you monetary resources? And they say that the average successful online uh, entrepreneur has at least seven sources or streams of income. So I think you should take a, a, a good look at what you can provide in any of these areas and see if any of them work for you and anything here can be used for you to get money. Now, once you get the money, what do you do with it? Well, do you trust the banks? In America, banks can kind of suck. If you ask the average Canadian, what do you think of the banking system? They're thrilled about it. The banking system there is a whole lot more user-friendly. It's designed to help you. It's not designed to take all the profits and give you a minimal pittance for using your money. It's a different thing here in the United States. So a lot of people are not really thrilled about the banking system. To that end, wouldn't it be great to have a way to do your own banking? Well, I think you should educate yourself in crypto investing and stock investing. Stock investing is <clears throat> safer. Crypto investing is much more astounding. Uh, I helped a friend get into it because... That's something that I do. I use a simple app where I can buy and sell 24 hours a day with a very minimal fee. And I just watch the trends. And when things dip down very low due to news and insecurity and that sort of stuff, it's the time for me to buy because it's cheap. You know, that would say, you know, buy low, sell high. That's what I'm saying here. And then you watch it very closely. And sometimes I watch, I take, it, I take a look at it five, six times a day. And... So far, I have lost money once on it when I was having a very busy day, was distracted and couldn't follow it, and didn't see a dip coming. And then, like an idiot, instead of just holding and waiting for it to recover, I thought, well, it's come back enough. I don't want it to get a worse dip and lose things, and I sold. So I taught myself the lesson. Buy low, sell high. Don't get panicky and hold what you got. But in, ca in case you're wondering, there's many types of cryptocurrency. We always talk about Bitcoin because it was kind of the first. It was the way to go. Uh, it has a limited shelf life, another, you know, 15 to 20 years. Uh, and other types of uh, uh, cryptocurrency that have better uh, algorithms, are more sustainable, and uh, create a higher return are out there. So I'm not advocating one type. I'm advocating educating yourself in cryptocurrency and there are many cryptocurrency uh, classes on how to 
investigate and watch it yourself on YouTube. The cryptocurrency challenge is one. The Bitcoin challenge is one. And those are really great but to explain how to use things like TradeView, where you can see what's going on right now. How to use things like um, WebBull and uh, other things that are good tools to allow you to trade cheaply immediately so that you can take advantage of what's going on right now. I was just shown a uh, screenshot in the last few days of an acquaintance of mine who got into cryptocurrency two weeks ago, <clears throat> trading basically just on um, Bitcoin using free tools. Uh, actually, he's using a tool that won't be free after 30 days, but it will be very minimal. He's it's still in the, the free period. He put in $500 to begin with, and within the course of two weeks, a screenshot of his current earnings was $3,300. And that's just by paying attention, getting into it, enjoying the fact that it's like a game. You go in, you pay attention, you play, you get money back. And uh, he's not just leaving it blindly to uh, to grow, or he would have gotten much less. Because over the course of the, the two weeks, he watched, and whenever it dipped low, he... Uh, but his money, when it was at its highest and then like plateauing off, he would take the money out. And then as it got down lower, he'd put it back in. So he didn't suffer any of the negatives and just rode the rises the whole time. And if you can pay attention and do that, it's a very easy way to make money. But with the dips included, he would have still brought himself up to around $1,200. I looked at the statistical curves on everything for that time period, and if he had just put it in, walked away and left it, he would have turned 500 into 1200 which in two weeks is not bad at all. But by having a little fun with it, paying a little attention, and being proactive, he brought it up to 3300 This is a great lesson to everybody that it can be done, and your level of growth in any of these is relative to your level of engagement and how much you're willing to put into it yourself and how much work is going to be coming out of you to make it happen. Everybody thinks about uh, online work, uh, the passive income. Passive income is great. If you can put something somewhere and then just have it just shovel money into your account as you sit on a beach, that's awesome. But... If you're making that much money while sitting on a beach, think about what you can make if you actually put a little into it and try a little bit harder to do something yourself and make that work pay you. Make your money pay you is what I'm saying. Come see me again next time. We'll talk about something else more interesting. This has been fun and I've enjoyed our time together. Come back to Preppers and Makers and listen to us again. Have an awesome day.